and we are recording in progress recording with david goslin i've been incorrectly i think addressing you as dr goslin but to me that's always it's always a safer bet to just assume someone's a doctor and be wrong versus something being a doctor and you not you not calling them that um but uh for everybody listening today's tuesday february 28th 2023 and um this is i don't even know what a thousand hundred i don't know my brain's cooked um fire alarm went off today and as i was just telling you it only goes off when it snows here when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply why? Because, fuck it, that's why. Um, but real quick, please introduce yourself, my friend. Well, uh, my name is David Goslin, and uh, I'm the ed- founding editor, editor-in-chief of The Chain Muse, which is a journal of classical arts and letters dedicated to promoting uh, timeless culture, timeless art, uh, in a time when there's a lot of ugly stuff uh, in the world, right, I think. Or I thought, or I believe that, you know, you can only learn so much about health from studying sickness, right? You can only do so much to uh, address all the ugly things in society by just trying to analyze and, uh, you know, break everything down to, into different parts that won't necessarily get you beauty or truth or goodness. And so the guiding question has always been, well, how do we get to the real thing? as opposed to uh, what we're always usually presented with, right, in mainstream media, mainstream culture, where they're pretty much, in Plato's terms, imitations of the real thing, right? Things that feel right, narratives that seem to make sense and explain a lot of things that are going on or that's wrong with society. Uh, But then there's all sorts of suggestions and, and, you know, uh, depending on the images that we use, it, it paints a very different picture of where we've been, right? Where we come from. And that really um, influences how we think about writing the next chapters. So I, I like to uh, really look at the whole connection between psyops and, you know, propaganda and the role of real culture in battling that real goodness, truth, and beauty, uh, which is, I think, really what uh, we need. Right. If we don't have that, then it doesn't matter how good we are at dissecting problems. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, for, for anybody listening, sorry, I'll, I'll link the uh, I'll link the article we're discussing uh, uh, trans transcendence and uh, trans war. And um, I read it and it's yeah, it's kind of the I've never read this book, but it makes me think of the term uh, the simulacra and simulation where it's like everything's just a copy of a copy of a shadow of a reflection and like. It's good. It's good in 1940 when you're crafting like the common myth to go fight, arguably like a a necessary evil. It's necessary to do this to fight the evil, right? Concentration camps. It's like, all right, we're gonna bend the truth and put out the propaganda. But yeah. it seems like we're deviating farther and farther from any even 
attempt at a realistic depiction of our own reality. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a dangerous thing, right? It's a sticky thing because once you get people used to emoting with certain ideas and then they become anchored, right? Their, their worldview is, is anchored in those ideas. And so then when you're dealt with real world situations that are always changing and fluid and developing, people tend to be uh, very formulaic, right? They're just imposing uh, their, the images that they've been given with the logic and trying to apply it to a different situation. And, you know, it, it often doesn't work, right? If we're looking at geopolitics today or, you know, is it really uh, a capitalist free West battling, you know, the, the common specter. Yeah. yeah. And what is that, you know, that, that, manifests itself in all sorts of ways right in terms of the art that everything is very much about like or the idea of free expression and freedom and it's almost like that becomes that is the brainwashing right it becomes a mantra that we're in a free society and da, 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 and so no matter what's done they're like but we're still in a free society uh, but that's really what the brave new world is about right giving people well, there's the understanding in, you mentioned, you know, the, the World War II period, post-war period, fighting fascism. And, I mean, the powers that be, the bad guys saw that, you know, the boots on the ground, tyranny kind of stuff can only go so far, mm. right? Like, people will always revolt as long as it's, if it's not in their hearts and minds. And so the key is getting in people's hearts and minds, winning over the hearts and minds, uh, and then they can agree to all sorts of stuff, right? Um, and I think that's where art and culture plays a big role. These are, you know, going back to Plato's time, the poets were the image makers, right? They were the main craftsmen that would create the images that shape uh, people's sense of identity, sense of historical self. And that's at a very deep level, right? It's not like, just giving people commands or orders or following rules, uh, the images seep into the deep structures of our psyche. And so even if we think certain, we don't like certain things or whatnot, if we have certain narratives that we're not willing to challenge certain illusions, uh, it becomes a problem, right? And these illusions feel good or they feel right. And that's the thing about truth, right? Today in our society, Truth is very much a thing of, of, of something feeling like it's true, right? If something feels like it's true, that's when people are really invested in it. Uh, you People can intellectualize all sorts of stuff about good, bad, and evil. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's what's in their hearts and minds that's going to decide how they they choose to respond in, you know, critical moments. And so that's why there's all these false dichotomies and these false, these illusions of choice, right? But the choices that we have, uh, you know, this is, that's the thing in hypnosis, for example, since, you know, you mentioned my articles on trance and transcendence, uh, you give people an illusion of choice. Like a lot of stuff kind of simple, right? You give people a false choice and uh, from there you shape the debate around that. And a thing takes a life of its own. So I feel that's, that's less uh, maybe sexy than the whole Hollywood 
uh, you know, conspiracy clockwork orange, like, woo, they're, you know, they got your eyes strapped yeah. and they're feeding you stuff. It's actually, you know, it's the stuff that you like. It's the stuff that makes you feel good that you don't question. That is really what allows that whole concentration camp of the mind, as Huxley called it in his famous uh, Ultimate Revolution lecture at Berkeley, which is one of these big nodes that all sorts of things came out of it, still do. Um, some form of consent is required. And so you've got to give people narratives and things that they can feel good about. And then people are, you know, they, they become a bit stupid, right? Because they, they're emoting. And the, the one I like, or that I find is very obvious, simple, but it's like the, the environmentalism stuff, right? We just want green grass, green trees, clean air. Everybody wants that, right? Those, yeah. those feel good. Those feel right. You know, the, the details of Agenda 21 yeah, or up. Agenda 2030, it's, that's, that's very cerebral. That yeah, doesn't... We don't need that. Just blue yeah. blue skies with like a puppy running by. Don't talk yeah, about skies... don't talk about boots on the ground, blue helmets, digital surveillance. Shut up. No, the, 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 exactly. And I mean, I guess the, the paradox is, you know, because everything is very split between left and right, is that it's hard to shatter or, you know, it's easy to poke holes in the illusions of others. But, you know, we not all our, have illusions. Not our own, though. It's very difficult. Yeah, there's all, there's all sorts of things that we like that make us feel good. And, you know, that's really, that's what we're, we're always in different kinds of trances and emoting with different things. And that it's really an infantile way of, uh, or an, in, a way of infantilizing people where it's about reality is determine or you know understood in terms of the things that make us feel good that we like those are good that's the good part of reality and the things that we don't like that don't make us feel good that we have a negative affectation towards those are bad right and plato called this the democratic man right in, in his hierarchy of different kinds of men in a society and he said there's as many uh kinds of states as there are kinds of men you know so at the lowest level there's the the tyrant then there's the democrat and then there's the oligarchs the fake democrats the people that uh or the Plut you could say the oligarchs or the plutocrats and then you have the the fake democrats the people that feign honor and and goodness right like a lot you see that on the right all the you know quote unquote religious yeah uh you know god-fearing people god, god jesus and, i just i'm out on my farm and it's but you deregulated like oil drilling in the amazon basin shut up commie like yeah it's uh it's so the democratic man is the thing that plato was really identifying as the problem because it has to do with opinion with the world of, of doxa of orthodoxy orthodox means having the right opinion and so i think the interesting thing is People can have right opinions, but if they're opinions, they're not really knowledge, right? Just because you have images that you, uh, you know, associate with positive affectations, positive feelings, and that they feel right. And maybe you have 
the right opinion on certain, let's say, economic policies or da da da. But if your worldview is determined based on what you feel is good and what you feel is bad, you're in trouble. And the problem is that that's what that's what it came down to for Plato, that unless people could make the distinction between imitations of the real thing and the real thing, uh, there's no society that could could survive in the long run. And a lot of that happens at the level of culture, which, as we know, is, you know, as the adage goes, is down politics is downstream from culture. We just have to if we zoom out and we look at what the culture cultural matrix of the society is, we don't see it from day to day, you know, how these things affect us. But I find it's like, if you look at the surface of the earth and you look at the rock formations and the seas and the whole geography, um, you don't see that being shaped by the wind and the rain from day to day, but there's nothing on the surface of the earth really that That hasn't been shaped and formed by that. So then there's the question of scale. Yeah. Of time, what what time scale is our identity um, anchored in? And I just say one more thing. The interesting contrast is the thing about the bad guys. Let's say the oligarchs, they think very long term, right? Like if you're raised and bred, born and bred into an oligarchical family, you think in terms of big arcs, generational wealth. Yeah, you think in terms of many generations, you know, uh, 500 years, 300 years, you know, then they'll say, yeah, no, my family goes back to whatever Babylon or Rome or da da da. And I mean, they bullshit just like everybody else, right? Yeah, yeah. But think about the difference in identity between somebody who's just, you know, a quote unquote, the young folks today, like the word normie, right? It's just the normie kind of things you like, you know, the music you like, the culture you like. And, uh, you know, you got your work life and da-da-da, but you're not, your identity is pretty, it's really about the here and now, the day-to-day, maybe week-to-week, you know, month-to-month, but it's not, this is the democratic man. It's about what makes you feel good and doing what you like and supporting that. But if you're a stoic oligarch who has more of a sense of, you know, a vision of where things need to go, you think very differently about the long term, about the future, and that shapes qualitatively your 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 behavior, your modus operandi, at any moment. So I think identity is really a big one. You know, what is our identity uh, as individuals in this uh, moment in history, and are we able to think in terms of as a as as historical? Uh, citizens and historical identities that act on uh, not only the past, but the future as well. Yeah. And then in terms of like a society not being able to differentiate from fake and real is, you know, I think that's part of the, like just the giant push for, you know, flagging and censoring misinformation and disinformation. Well, first of all, tyrannical powers will always arise from you know we're doing this for your own good that's not that's not a novel observation of mine but there is tim dillon the comedian who i quote far more do you like him do you like tim dillon i was quoting tim dillon at my presentation dude i quote tim dillon like every episode and people are like who is this author tim i'm like he's a fat gay ex cocaine don't worry about it (laughs) 
but yeah, uh, that's but okay, he's, now we're yeah, but he's a, no, I love listening to the to the OG Gas Digital episodes, him and Ray Gump, and I love going back and listening to those. And um, I cry by myself at night just of laughter. Like I, this yeah, is he is literally my, every day. I listen every day, like I, the, a lot of the old episodes. Oh, I'm dude, back to I will literally. I will. We just became best friends. Everyone watching this is like, shut up, keep talking about culture, go fuck yourself. No. Um, yeah, no, go. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm listening to Pizza Hut Buffet right now. Archives 32. The I, I love, I love, I love the old ones with him. I love him before he gets rich, which again is not a novel observation. I, I love it when it's him and Ray Comp and they're just fat and angry, and I think it's the best content. <laughs> well, I. Yeah, no, I mean, there's so much that we could say there just in terms of calling out all the fakeness, right? Sure. Sure, we could see how. But then it's like a weird thing, because if I'm him, I don't actually want to stay in that. It's like, what's the value of, of not selling out? Like, I like the original Tim Dillon, where it's him and Ray Kump with a combined weight of 9,000 pounds, like just screaming in like a room eating mcdonald's having the most complex discussions about counterintelligence and then also just like disgusting pedophile jokes and then and i like that tim dylan and in order for that tim dylan to continue he would never have the success of making two million dollars a year on patreon and going on rogan twice a year so i might say he's a sellout but really what i'm saying is no, it's just who does he sell out for? If he doesn't get rich, then he's selling out to me, the listener, to the tune of $2 million a year. So there is no not selling out. So ultimately it comes down to, well, then which one are you going to do? Well, subjectively, you're going to take the money and go buy a house in the fucking Hamptons. So, like, even that's like a deviation. But to to the quote of him, he goes, um, he goes, you need Alex Jones. He goes, not because Alex Jones is some you know, news anchor journalist. He's like, he's been right on some stuff. He's been wildly incorrect on others. He goes, but you need a society that can look at Alex Jones and say, oh yeah, no, he's just an entertainer. Or go, eh, he was right on the Epstein thing. But when you have a society that can't even examine that because the government says it's misinformation, disinformation, you are no longer exercising that part of your brain that can look at what's real and what's bullshit. Like you have to be able to look in things. I love UFO conspiracies, but I don't take them hook, line, and sinker. 90% of them I look at and go, that's horseshit. You have to be able to do that because in the larger context, you then also have to do that with real world events. Are the bad Russians really pushing us to World War III? Or are we? Or is Japan? I don't fucking, you know, whatever. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like, we have well, to be able to exercise that. Yeah, and an interesting one that I just thought of in terms of the the psyop stuff, and you know, when we talk about the kind of trance um, ideas, like cognitive dissonance is a big thing, right? Like, what was the whole thing with Russia? Or we should put it this way: I mean, generally speaking, people are wired on a primal level. People don't want any trouble. You know, they don't want to get into trouble. Uh, you know, they don't want things that threaten their livelihood. And so for something, what was the narrative, you know, because they say conspiracy theories, conspiracy theories. Well, there's plenty of state sanctioned conspiracies, right? So it's not the problem's not conspiracy theories. It's that certain conspiracy theories are sanctioned and others are not. Yeah. 
Uh, but like with the Russia gate, all you have to say, right, to if we're thinking in terms of behavioral science, which is what you got, like going back to the Obama administration, uh, the behaviorists came in, the Cass Sunsteins and all these guys. Um, and and what they're looking at is really the the from a number standpoint, if you have like 80%, 85% that believes a certain narrative, uh, you know, you, you kind of just zero in. You say, well, anybody, people, you'd say this narrative, let's say you question the Syria narrative. This narrative has been associated with Russian disinformation. Now, you're not calling the person a Russian disinformation agent, but you're saying that narrative uh, you know, has been seen coming from Russian disinformation outlets. Mm. And that's a suggestion, right? That, but that's something people will feel on, on a deeper level that like, okay, well, I probably shouldn't make a joke or talk about that, you know, at the work meeting, because I don't you know, wanna... or, yeah. or among my friends, because it's going to polarize people. And some of them are going to get uh, scared because you're talking about propaganda. Yeah. Right. The suggestions you're you're talking about propaganda so that, you know, Russia uh, intervened in the election. That's not that's a conspiracy theory. Right. <laughs> by every, uh, you know, by any estimation. But uh, that one you could you could, it was OK. Right. Like you wouldn't get in trouble yeah. if you signed sanctioned, on to that sanctioned one. conspiracy. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's but that's a cognitive dissonance. Right. It goes deep into people's. Uh, you know, tribal affinity, which I think is is one of the, a lot of the behavioral science stuff, it's about tribes. You know, sure. it's about like, you have the conservative tribe, you have the liberal tribe and whatnot. And it's easy to uh, criticize the outgroup, right? Like that's all this politics stuff is, right? The outgroup is, it's, it's other. And anytime that there's, you know, like we're in an economic, uh, you know, you could say, decline, depression, whatever you want to call it, you know, like things are observed by the behavioral scientists that any time that they're economic or or like strains, tension, geopolitical, whoever is regarded as not part of the in-group in that society will be regarded, uh, a, a, will be a, looked at as a potential aggressor, as a potential threat. And that's just wired in human beings, you know, just an evolutionary mechanism that you got the in-group and the out-group so and and a lot of people who think who have a lot of beliefs that could be very good people or you know believe in like you know they say goodness truth and beauty or they'll use jesus and god and all these things um and then they'll criticize well the thing about the left is well those people yeah let me tell you about let you know tell you about like, the libtards and it's like you're just yeah and, you're just brushing 160 million people into one group yeah. And then, the you know, the whether it's the like back in the day when they were studying the PSYOP stuff, going back to the post-war period, you have um, a Dr. Sargent, William Sargent. Right. And he went around profiling all the different uh, primitive religious tribes across the world, like the voodoo rituals in Haiti or, you know, the possession in Zaire um, and the, the shamans the magicians, the witch doctors, and the fundamentalist preachers, you know? And so this is where you get into the, the, the hypnosis stuff, the trance that people think about it in a very Hollywood caricature style, but, you know, 
if I start getting you to think about the, uh, think the hellfire, you know, like that you can feel, hmm. feel the flames, you know, and like what's, what's the preacher going to do, right? They're going to invoke the, it's, they're going to use language, all that to say, to invoke certain emotional uh, states of affectation, right? And they were looking at this in terms of trauma, shell shock in World War II, and that people who had been through traumatic things, even though they weren't living through these things anymore, they were reliving them. And you could elicit these different altered states, right, where the person starts to break down or like they disassociate. And so a lot of people are disassociated when it comes to politics and, and culture and their their relationship to reality. And so they're in that state when you're kind of confused or whatnot, you're you're open to all sorts of new things. You know, if there's a crisis, also there's another crisis. So now that that trauma pattern has been created. And so they were looking at, for example, uh, and none of these things are bad in themselves, but like family therapy, group therapy, and you look at the dynamics of, of dysfunctional families and how everybody plays games. You know, there's certain things you can say, certain things you can't. And oftentimes people are saying one thing, but they're really saying another. And so how do you how do you frame messages in a way where you're saying one thing, right? You're framing it as we need to protect the uh, innocent children of Ukraine, right? Nobody should be... Uh, of scared of, you know, where they're going to wake up tomorrow or if they're going to have food or da, da 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 We can't allow the Russians to keep shelling innocent people. And then come the new suggestions. That's an induction, right? Like think of the regular person who's hearing these images. You're a mom, you have kids, right? Sure. And you're hearing that regardless of all the geopolitical uh, complexities, there's a feeling that this is bad, this is wrong, and it needs to stop. And so then it's a lot easier to introduce new suggestions because you, you've elicited that heightened emotional state. And so in, in therapy or just standard therapy or whatnot, it's about, right, people will re-experience the trauma, but with the goal, right, with, with a good therapist of then introducing new adaptive beliefs. So it's it's not like a bad or a good thing, but if you have a bunch of, you know, evil social engineers studying this and looking at how beliefs are changed and the role of groups and group dynamics and creating the right conditions emotionally where now the new I people become receptive to new ideas, uh, that's what they studied with the tribes and, and possession, you know, like a ritual voodoo possession where the person is really like they're really into it right because you you got the drums you you know you got the music you got the you got the vibe and so that that alone will change your autonomic systems right mm -hmm. the heartbeat changes start, yeah start to like sync um, up yeah yeah and you even think of then i think of pop music right if we fast forward to pop music what is it if not uh, uh, a special a trance state right like people will say music gets me through the day you know, they're in their car and it's a good vibe and you're, you know, you were feeling maybe crappy or you don't feel like going to work and you put it on and it changes your mood. It's not inherently bad, right? But what happens when you have a whole culture 
that becomes reliant on this kind of magic, as the magicians and social engineers would call it, where you create the the, the rituals and the culture uh, that allows people to magically alter their state, right? To tap into these different things. And so then people are just falling in and out of, of different, falling into one trance only to fall out of it and trip into another. And how much of our lives become interdirected and become about us on a deeper, having a deeper level of awareness about ourselves, right? Our, our own imperfections, the imperfections of others, like our own illusions, the illusions of others, knowing that there is this thing called beauty, truth, and goodness, which each time we remove an illusion about ourselves, about others, the sacred cows, uh, you know, that we believed in, uh, we come closer to the real thing. And I think that's inside each of us, you know, like that there, everybody has an inner voice where they know, you know, everybody knows what they're ultimately bullshitting about. Yeah. Right. Like if you, yeah. if you really tap in and if you kind of just, it's where the silence and like, you know, the prayer and meditation yeah. comes in, which is really just about being in the moment. You're, you're not being distracted. You don't have like a bunch of different thoughts. The question is, is it really uh, just silence? You know, if you're just there by yourself and you're going into a meditative, you could say trance uh, where you're, you're not being distracted. The question is, is there something already inside us? You know, are we just blank slates or is there a soul? Is there a deeper inner voice and a deeper self that it's our duty to to discover? You know, nobody can tell us what our our deeper self is, right? And you do have you that the importance of things like religion and culture and whatnot is you give people frameworks, you give people like every good practices, right? You could have all the good sure. intentions in the world, but I mean, if you just eat McDonald's and smoke and you don't uh, and you're sedentary, uh, you know, you could love Jesus as much as you want, but you're not, you're not really practicing the things that would allow you to, to get in touch with your deeper self, simply because you're constantly having your, your autonomic systems kick in, yes. right? You're just, you're constantly, it's just one state of trance to another, the music, the work trance, uh, when we're walking, we're in a trance. We don't, we don't think about every step we take. We think about maybe one percent of the steps we take so that's a trance and so much of life is in a trance where our autonomic systems our automatic systems are doing the work for us so how much of what we feel and what we believe is really ours and something that we came upon came to ourselves i guess that's that's a, that's a helpful and humbling thought like you know, we're all, uh, whether our ideas are good or not, right? There's a history. Like, where do the ideas that we have come from? And I think this is where the question of the, the, the higher order of souls that Plato talks about, the actual Timocrats who are there to defend uh, justice and uh, goodness, and the, the aristocrats, are you still being excellence, right? So, that, like, the Confuci Confucius calls them the Yunsi, the superior men, right? They're, they're educated, right? They're refined. Uh, they've done work on themselves. They don't just think in terms of pleasure and pain, you know, what I can touch, taste, hear, see, or smell. 
and how these things sort of shape my life from day to day. But they they're they're going deeper, right? About what is the nature of uh, of mankind, of the soul that each of us we each have a unique soul. And then you have the philosopher kings, which uh, are responsible for creating new aristocratic and philosophical souls, right? New developing that deeper thing inside each of us. And we all have, we all have a, a, nobody can tell us, you know, what that is. So all we can do is get good guides, look for the right guides, look for the good practices, right? Study the best minds, I think. And then we can experiment, right? With ourselves, right? We can experiment, we can do thought experiments. What if I did this? Or, you know, what if I was that person? Because sometimes you see somebody and, or, you know, like there's people who have admirable talents, but they seem tragic for X, Y, Z reason. You're like, well, I, I don't, how do I not be tragic? You know, like, what is it? Why is this person who has so many great qualities yet have these things? And then, you know, what are our good qualities and how do we uh, trick ourselves, fool ourselves, because we're after something that we want? Uh, but then it's like, is it the real thing? You know, and does our deeper self not know? You know, like, if our deep, can we not like check in with ourselves and being like, well, why am I really? Where did this idea come from? Like, where did this feeling that I feel this is the thing for me, where did that even come from? At the level of the democratic man, you don't go past that, right? You say, well, this is what I feel. This is what I like. And that's that's the danger, right? If you have a society, which is really what the social engineering is about, it's about these effect controlling the effective systems, right? The emotional uh, responses that people have to the various images and things in society uh, and not talking about ideas, how narratives are actually constructed, you know, what underlies our assumptions about the world, about capitalism versus communism or conservatives versus liberals, uh, but just feeling that, you know, these are the things that we believe in and these are our things. And that's, that's the... That's that's how the magicians work. That's how the bad guys, you know, are able to to control people because you we live in a society that where you know the souls are in artificially. I'd say, um, you know, people are are primed to think in terms of what you feel and like, and to not to not go deeper and ask, you know, like what is what are the nature of these things? You know, where do they come from? Where do my ideas come from? That's it's a humbling thought. Like it's it's a, it's a healthy thought, and we're less radical if we start thinking like that because we don't want to sound like uh, you know assholes or morons who are just like, well, I well let me tell you about da da da, yeah. and you know, it's it's easy to whip people up into it to get them amped up if you know what their the affectations are the positive you know like think of all the wars that were. We're fighting the the uh, the godless communists, right? We're firebombing women and children in Vietnam, but these are these are communists, right? Like they, have, you know, and they'll they have nothing behind their eyes, you know. They're just godless, okay, yeah. uh, da, 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 da. so so called good people that you know uh, have a healthy fear of God and you know want to do the right thing, or you know, uh, they support evil like real evil 
um, not because they're bad people, but because they're operating at the level of the, the democratic soul. And whatever tribe you're in, there's that matrix of images and affectations, those the affective systems. And the bad guys will just, they don't really care, right? They just, they believe in power. They believe in shaping opinion. And so that's the science, right? That's what behavioral science is all about. How do we frame this so that people feel a, the, a positive thing about how we're spinning it and they don't really think about uh, the other side of it, you know? So much of like all the horse shit in life can be solved by <clears throat> 20 to 30 minutes of silence a day. Just, I've been meditating every day since 2008. Okay. That has yeah, done I, more for me I, than <clears throat> any audiobook. That has done more for me than four years of private high school and four years of college. That has done more for me than 150 history books. It's, it's just going, and it's, it's the most counterintuitive thing because it's at first it's like the appeal to authority. It's like, well, well who are you getting it from? Who? It's like, no, you. It's it is the ultimate truth. You just go inside. Well, what meditative practice? That's all bullshit too, because that's still just someone else telling you something. And you have no idea who's throwing it at you. The only right. absolute truth is not a thought about what's going on. It is just the subjective experience. Don't put words on things. Don't say today's Tuesday and I'm sitting in a chair. Just as you just strip away layers of I'm I'm not in a country, I'm on a planet. Or I'm not anywhere, I'm just here. And then don't even say here because that implies there. Just as you just strip away all the structures. And it finally comes down to I am... And you really can't differentiate much further from that. And that might sound like nihilistic or, well, what do you believe from there? But mm. no, it's a wellspring of joy. You go, oh, I I am. And it's the most pure. No one needs to tell it to you. It is, you know, if you lived 100,000 years ago, you might not have a word for it an equation, but you know what gravity is. You're like, don't go near the cliff. <laughs> you're, like, you're fucking dead if you go over that cliff. You know what it is. You don't need anyone to tell you. You're conscious because your mirror neurons are pushing glutamate and all the electric. Just well, the irony is that, I mean, a number one, I think, I think, yeah, when we're talking about the truth, right? Because people always get amped up, and I mean, it's it's for also. What do you mean by the truth? You know, right? Oh, yeah. And some people will go like more hardcore. Uh, you know, just stick to the dogma, stick to the safe stuff, yeah. and I mean. That's understandable, and there there's a there's a place for that, and we can see when people totally just throw everything out, you know, if they're not on the higher scale of you know the the democratic and aristocratic and philosophical souls who are not really looking at everything in terms of their self interest. They're not really it's not really a thing, but you know when you hear the tribalism and the stuff that people think. You know, or like a lot of people that do crooked stuff, right? Like what they believe is ultimately stuff that aligns with their self-interest. Surprise, right? Like it's like, is it really what you believe or no? So that's that's more of the democratic or plutocratic mindset. There's no there's no higher truth to to ascertain or to love or to pursue. But I'd say the irony is when we're in that humble 
state of, of silence, you know, prayerful meditation, whatever you want to call it, <clears throat> the truth finds us, right? Because the things, the, the assumptions start to fade away, right? It's the assumptions that we have that are kind of in the way. Um, and I mean, there's a fun quote by uh, Lao Tzu. Uh, if you if you want if you want knowledge, add things every day. If you want wisdom, remove things every day. Yeah. yeah. Now the question is: Is there something already? Because if there's something already there, then is the problem really that we don't have enough of something, or is that it's, it's there's all, a lot of noise and a lot of different things that are preventing us from all getting Huxley, in touch with the mind at deep, large? Right. All Jewish Huxley, where he's the mind at large. There's the brain is actually like a very tiny faucet at the bottom of a huge barrel of consciousness. And it's just limiting how much you can get. And it's, it's not, it's not that you need to add more. It's you just got to break off the faucet and just have nothing. And it is, if consciousness is like a glass jar full of water in the middle of the ocean, just yeah. break, break the jar. And I, and I said at the same time, so yeah, like what happens when, what happens when we let that thing happen on its own, right? Like that we don't try to control it. Right. I think that's where wisdom starts. At least we can get intimations of wisdom. Like what happens when we let that thing happen Just on its own? Because uh, it clearly it's not nothing, right? Which is the other thing like, oh, well, you're just kind of like making yourself like an empty vessel. Mm -hmm. Well, are humans blank slates, right? That's really what, or is there something already there? And this goes back to, you know, you've, you've I mean, you've spoken with Matt on your podcast uh, several times and all that, I, I believe. Um, and so, yeah, like, uh, as well, we, we always talk about this, uh, going back to the battle, you know, when we're talking about education and a classical education, as opposed to just social engineering, where you just, it's about all the effective systems and, and the affectations and just shaping how people feel towards different things. The classical education system, you know, going back to Plato, he talks about the immortality of the soul with the idea being that there's something already there. Whereas Aristotle makes the point that there's a, we're a tabula rasa, we're a blank slate, we're, and we have impressions. And these impressions create phantasma in our mind, images. And, but there's nothing he says that isn't, um, uh, a, a mixed in with with senses with sensory perception so being that we're really only just blank slates that are being colored on by our impressions of the world but there's no deeper immaterial and immortal soul that is something that uh, each, each individual uniquely has and i mean the catch is that plato makes the point that this is where ideas come from which are also mysterious right and i think that's we talk about truth and then people today think like mathematical formalism, you know, like a perfect formula. But the simple truth is that there are these deeper mysteries, right? That every individual does have a soul, uh, which isn't something that we can dictate to them. It's not, it's not created by us. It's not. Um, and we have minds and we have ideas and new ideas. How do new ideas happen? You know, the way ideas are really talked about, like the language is an idea occurred to us, something, something found us, right? Or the muses, if we're talking about art and poetic composition, 
um, that Plato was also big on talking about, they had the idea of the muses because the idea is there's something finding you. And can we be humble enough to let these inspirations find us? Great art finds us. You know, nobody, Shelley said it in one of his uh, his great, his famous essay, uh, the, the, A Defense of Poetry. Even like the greatest poet can't just like sit down and like, I'm going to write the best shit I well, ever wrote. That's not how it works. Maya Angelou right? said, you know, you can write for days on end. You got to show up every day to the typewriter. And sometimes all you write is the fat cat in the hat sat on the mat and it's just awful. And then one day, as if appreciative of your uh, consistency, the muse says, all right, all right. And it gives you the great novel. Yeah. And if, if it's coming from the right place, right? Because yeah. if we have the, the, the democratic soul or the democratic soul, let's say they'll, the, the fake ones, they'll, they'll learn skills, right? They'll master, they have talents. That's the other thing, right? Good guys, bad guys, everybody can have talent. Everybody sure. has talents. There's another mystery, right? Like we don't technically choose our talents, uh, you know, in the, in the, uh, in the Bible at, at one point, uh, what do you have that you haven't been given? And there's a story about each person is being paid a sum for their work uh, in the field, but they're showing up at different times in the day. And, but each person agreed to like this, this fixed amount. But then at the end of the day, you know, one guy shows up at 9 a.m. or 7 a.m., one at 9 a.m., one at 3 p.m., and one at like five. And the person who shows up at five and only works like two hours gets the same payment as the person who's been working since 9 a.m. And so he goes to complain, hey, like, what's what's the story here? Uh, you know, and the reply was, what do you have that you haven't been given? And I think even our greatest talents, right, even the greatest genius, because you're talking about Tim Dillon and, uh, you know, all these talented people, like real talent, um, I think they lose because you're complaining about the richer version of Tim Dillon. They lose that because they 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 get a a. a the image of themselves changes, right? Mm -hmm. And as the image of themselves changes and they don't feel like they need to hustle or stuff anymore, um, that has a pretty strong effect on the psyche. You know, yeah. like you don't, you're not worried about like the financial stuff. It doesn't really, survival, all these things are not a thing anymore. And, so, you know, I, I was just thinking like, think about somebody who, works somewhere and makes 60,000. And then one of the, you know, like managers makes like 90,000, how much higher as in terms of esteem and, you know, uh, you know, thoughts about themselves, how much, how more distant are they from the person who makes 60,000? It's only $30,000 difference, right? But how does it change their sense of identity and their feeling of, of superiority over the, you know, for regular folks? It has a big effect, right? If somebody makes sixty thousand, the other person makes a hundred thousand. Wow, that person's like really a lot better. Mm. And da -da -da -da. and then you think of oligarchs, right? Well, they're them. It's like infinity. They're making, uh, you yeah, know, in terms billions. Of, they must be gods. They don't. They don't. Yeah, like it's not a thing. You're in a different phase space, and so you you're you're you don't think the same way. You don't have the same identity, and you don't think on the same time scale. Uh, so 
And so that can affect anybody. You know, you can be really good. You can be really talented. Uh, but like, I like, that's why humility is, is an important idea. Right. And uh, it, what do we have that we haven't been given all the more we should be in awe of, you know, whatever gifts we do have or whatever things. Um, yeah, we worked for it, but it's like, well, had you not worked to develop your talents, like that's not an impressive thing. So like, good, you developed your talents, you know, but then again, what are you going to do with it? And that's where I think the, the, the craft stuff, like some people are, they have talents and they, they use them to kind of get ahead, you know? Uh, and once they make it, then they just, they, they kind of know their craft and what to do to, to make something like a movie or, or whatnot, but it's not the same, right? As you said, like the earlier Tim Dillon, um, there's something that's lost and something subjective. And so I think the way to really tap into that deeper creative fount, which is really the, you know, the source of the muses and all that. And so that it doesn't die, you know, it's not something that you experience and then things change, your world changes and then you change. Uh, and then you forget uh, where these things really came from in the first place. And so you're still going through the motions and you're doing things, uh, but it's not coming from the same place. And so, I mean, these are also, I'd say, you know, we're talking about trance, come up transcendence as well, right? Because mm -hmm. there's trance, which is these momentary, uh, you know, vacations or whatnot, we could say, like just tapping out and it's normal, right? We're tired or we had a long day and you just want to chill and tap out, yeah. disassociate, veg, whatever it is, right? Yeah. People want to do. Um, transcendence, on the other hand, is closer to, to staying there in that moment, right? And not trying to push down, like in the Brave New World, not trying to push down all the other stuff, right? But really letting it kind of go through us, yeah. you know, whether it's, even if it's like, feels like an 18 wheeler, right? All the things that we just really don't feel like dealing with. Uh, but what happens when you make it to the other side, right? Where you haven't broken off, you haven't disassociated, you haven't, you know, uh, taken some form of magic or found some form of magic that just makes it all go away, at least for now. Um, yeah, what happens when we make it to the other side? And I, I, that's, I think that becomes a healthier way to think about all the evil and the brave new world stuff, because it's really just preventing us from doing that. Right. And it's creating the idea that we just need uh, all these distractions and all these, whatever it is we like. Right. And we build up our own reality. Right. That's the whole point of the brave new world is a, a, a concentration camp with no tears where people love their servitude. Yeah. You create your own concentration camp, right? And the people on the left have a different idea of their own brave new world uh, servitude that they love versus the people on the right um, or whatever the tribe. But the idea still holds uh, that people are in our society given all the tools, right? That's really, the, that's the catch. There's just so much, so much choice. There's just so many things, right? Like you'll never run out but the magic always fades, right? Like the trance always fades. And we never develop the ability to uh, handle the off-road terrain of our souls, 
right? Where it's not automatic. They're not just schemas in our heads and things we've learned or images from the past that we're still, you know, responding to or practices. They, some are good, some are bad, right? But they're just all guardrails and they're schemas. And so how much freedom is there in that? When faced with the real world, this dynamic, the real world, the real thing, uh, which is not uh, a schema. To, to quote the philosopher king, Tim Dillon, saying, looking at things through the lens of left or right is simply the shirking of the burden of independent thought. I don't need to know. Oh, that guy's associated with uh, white supremacy. I don't need it. You know, it's like when those people would go out on the street and they'll go to somebody voting for Trump and sh and tell them Biden's tax plan, but they'll say it's Trump's and they agree with it. Or you find someone voting for Biden you can tell them Trump's foreign policy, but tell them it's Biden's and they agree with it. And then you're like, that's actually this other, like 1% of them will be like, oh, holy shit. Most people, they just kind of do the whole, and they just, they just walk away. And it's like, no, the, the, the shirking of the burden of independent thought, the off-road terrain. Like I, I got in a medical school out of college. That was difficult, but it was also easy because there was just, it was difficult in that you had to get A's in classes. It was easy in that you just had to take these classes for eight semesters and get this grade and then you get in. Building a right. podcast is far more difficult than getting in a medical school in that there's no, there's no guardrail, guardrails. Well, what do I do? I don't know. Turn on a camera. Well, how do I record it? I don't know. Google it. Well, how do I get guests? Fuck if I know. I got to go to work. Go talk to somebody. Yeah. And yeah. it's, it's difficult, but the reward is far greater than staying on the smooth paved highway. It's the off road of the mind. Yeah. And at the same time, I think this is where the other, you know, know thyself. Yeah. Right. Like people are different. There's different temperaments. P different people have different appetites for risk or, or creativity, you know, like how they think about it. And that's totally normal. Right. Because you do need people that are just they like a routine they just and do, they yeah. just they, like that's you need that. Right. Like if, if people well, yeah. were all on like the other end of the spectrum, like nothing would work. Well, those are the you people know? that all listen to my podcast. I yeah, need, they're, people, they're all, I'm putting them in a trance. I need my trance no, people. <laughs> nobody, nobody's going to show up, you know, or like, yeah. well, I wasn't feeling it. It wasn't in my heart. Yeah. Well, like it's, you know, so, but obviously. Yeah, yeah you're right. You it, can't have people not showing up to the SpaceX rocket manufacturing because they, they weren't touched by the muse today. No, you got to be scared yeah. shitless. You're going to lose your dental care. But the humbling, but the irony is that the people who do that, I mean, Ideally, and I mean, in a healthy world, I think that's where people are are having their skills developed to their utmost potential and they're pursuing their natural talents. Uh, people, there are people who like that. They like the analytical sort of crunching everything and making everything work and problem solving, uh, you know, these like very objective, using these very objective criteria that something has to happen. It has to happen like this. And we need to do the things to make it happen. That's still creativity, right? But they use a lot of formulas and there's a lot of procedures and there's a lot of rules um some people are more on the other side right they're more they kind of like to come up with the stuff themselves and to kind of figure it out and or see what finds them right i think with the art stuff it's it's got to be what finds you uh it's much more subjective you kind of got to go with what's in uh, your heart right assuming that you've developed yourself such that there's you know the things in your heart you know can have talent but what if you have evil in your heart you know there's also talent is not just a thing for good people 
right? Aldous Huxley was a very, was a, was a skilled writer. I wouldn't say he was a great writer and he was kind of, you know, he was, he was kind of imitating Shakespeare with his Brave New World. Like it was very much the theme of uh, Shakespeare's last, one of his last plays, The Tempest, which is like storm. They find themselves on an island. Things are completely different. And it's like a blank slate in the sense that it's like, it's a new world to then uh, build something. Mm. And so Huxley takes that Shakespearean world, which is, is much more complex and he just reduces it to, you know, eugenics, sex cults, soma, soma culture. Yeah. And it's a, yeah, and it's a soma culture is like the the centerpiece of the thing. And there's the controlled breeding and there's all these things. But he's just that's just the evil sort of social engineering eugenicist outlook, but king off a theme from Shakespeare, essentially. And I mean, because that's the word break this the title brave new world is a line from that play so it's not out of nowhere and so these guys these hg wells these huxley's you know a lot of these people that are uh, had quite had had talent you know were very skilled but but they used it to then you know uh create uh, uh dystopian you know visions of things as opposed to uh dedicating themselves to goodness truth and beauty but uh yeah what finds us and what we do with it it's also what's in our hearts what's what's in our minds and have we uh you know uh, gone checked in with ourselves and like see what's really um motivating us and if we do that, then it's easier to know other people too, right? Sure. Like that's the catch because we could say whatever, da, 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 but there's all these things going on in the world where it's like, yeah, but all the other people you're dealing with are people who have either not done that or done that. Yeah. And so shouldn't you know like who's, who, where, who, and what is at, you know, shouldn't you know where these people are at? Because if we're talking about organizing uh, people and ideas and, and, you know, defending good ideas and, and generating new ideas and solving problems that don't yet have solutions. Uh, we got to have people who are able to navigate the off-road terrains and there's no rule book, right? There's no formula here. Read this. Nope. That ain't it. I just didn't tell him. That's not. Yeah. It ain't, it ain't great. No. Yeah. No, it's you go to Mars. Well, what, what guidebook do we use? I don't know. Fuck around, see what happens. Uh, that guy tripped and broke his spacesuit and uh, suffocated. All right, everybody, uh, don't go near those rocks. Those are sharp. Noted. Right. And just, the irony is, the irony is, you do have to fuck around in in, in experiments, right? In thought experiments, that's which the, requires a lot of creativity. And at the same time, oh. so it's not one or the other, right? It's really that you have the creative. You know, we have to develop these faculties such that then. Uh, they can be applied seriously to the universe. Yeah. Like the, the real universe. They're like the tangible material. That's like, welcome to the world, right? Like, wait, so ideas which are immaterial, which things we have to kind of get inspired about and think about and come up with things and have a vision, right? Because you can be, people can be great engineers, but if nobody has a vision of, you know, mankind is not just being like uh, a beast, right? A pleasure seeking beast and like the whole Adam Smith free trade, 
that kind of British Empire world of like it's just the world of regulating the vice and the desires and the appetites of people and you know running the finance and da da da. Like you're not going to get Mars, you're not going to get a spacefaring species if people don't have a sense of identity that thinks generations into the future, right? So it's technically a very practical idea for people who are like, oh, well, that's not practical, you know, like visions and da da da. Like, you know, some people, the engineering mind is ten, tends to be more concrete and about like objectivity, but then where there is no vision, the people perish, right? Like mankind has changed because at the higher level, uh, there are people who are allowing themselves uh, to allowing the creativity to sort of guide them and the truth uh, to guide them and to to just be ready and willing for whatever finds them and to and to follow it. And then there's from that, there's all the different things that need to come together to to make that vision real. Uh, but it's 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 a whole, you know, so there's no shortage of like things that are, yeah. of, of you know, no reason to not get our shit together when, uh, you know, there's so many people who aren't comfortable with the off road, navigating the off road terrain. And there's such a, a Soma industry, a Soma culture sure. that gets a lot of good people. Right. It pulls in a lot of folks uh, <laughs> because the world is ugly. Right. So then you you think, well, hey, if if shit is like this, I'm just going to get my own. You know, I'm just going to worry about out. my stuff. Yeah. But is that freedom? Right. That's where that person needs to, 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 to think about, like, what's really making you do that? I th I think ultimately it is freedom in the same sense of the shirking the burden of independent thought. You have to have all these things available. And some people will tap out and go, this world's too bad. I'm going to order my dominoes. I'm going to rip this bong. I'm going to jerk off, play some Call of Duty, and go to bed. And that's fine. And then there are going to be some people that are like, this world sucks. I'm going to change it. And that is a form of of natural selection. So like, I think it all has to... A society has to, has, has to have Alex Jones. Some people are going to look at it and go, Hillary Clinton is a lizard. Hey man, those people were going to get taken for a ride one way or another. Other people are going to look at it and differentiate. So like, you could be a billionaire and go, "I'm not going to do anything. I'm tapping out. I got my hookers, my penthouse, my coke, whatever." Or sure, yeah. you can go, "Like fuck, oh, fuck this gay earth. Like we're going to Mars, right?" Right. And I think you have to have to, now. Personally, is it freedom? No, you are personally submitting yourself to a a mental jail cell but you chose to do that and I yeah don't think anyone and can make that choice but yourself you're right but there's always there is also levels of awareness right like they 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 chose certain things or they believe they were choosing certain things but then it's like yeah because we all have these images right so the co uh, like you said the hooker co uh, da -da -da -da, uh drugs and whatnot and yeah, so there's a lot of magic, right? If you got a lot of, of uh, cash money and resources, you right? Like make you've done well happen, yeah. in in the you know the animal kingdom of acquiring wealth and da da da. Uh, yeah, so the magic is is pretty abundant, such that there are certain things you won't notice, 
right as easily and i think that's the thing right if you think of hollywood and celebrities and da -da -da, like there's a lot it's you have a lot more uh resources so it's much easier to run out of the magic because you just get something new mm. you know you got money so the fact that you're getting older you know you can compensate in all sorts of different ways but there's an interesting uh i was thinking about i talked about this in one of the previous presentations i did uh for the rising tides and uh i was listening to a lecture by huxley and he talked about like the psyche in 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 the in the pre-classical greek times let's say or just for the greeks the psyche was something that people only experienced at death at the end of their life that's when the psyche you know their 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 mind of sorts would 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 leave them and so that's when they would know it and you know there's all sorts of stories you'll always hear of people on their deathbed and all of a sudden like they just become kind of honest and they lay down their armor they confess whatever or mm -hmm. they share whatever or they're just honest about, you know, like, I wish I would have this or I wish things would have been like that. So the way I think about it is, number one, I don't want to be that guy who invested all this time and energy into procuring all these, you know, fun and elegant forms of magic. Trophies, yeah. Only to have the thing. You ain't going to escape that, that the thing at the end. You cannot so avoid whatever it. it is you're you're trying to avoid or you think like are things that everything is okay as long as you can like block out certain things that's not really how it works not the final but one according to to uh many accounts and history the truth is 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 gonna it's 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 a real thing and so the psyche it's just gonna come to you at the end and it's gonna hurt even more hmm. right if you're just the hooker ceo coke and some sure there's psychopaths and maybe they'll they won't maybe they their brains damage or stuff there's yeah like, no what? sure they're they're, <laughs> they're shitty people. they're so cocky they're, they're like i'll fuck the grim reaper up i don't give a shit i'll buy him out and yeah. it's like you're insane <laughs> and as well as tim dylan would say we wish them well we wish right? them well we, we wish them well yeah have, god love them we wish them well but that ain't it for most people right and so then do people want to take that chance where the psyche is it's still there you know so whatever illusions we've we've built our lives around um and some people get lucky maybe and it don't they it doesn't get challenged but again i don't want to be that guy not, i don't want to roll like, those oh, dice i don't i don't feel like my luck is that great that like oh i'm gonna be one of the lucky ones i don't i don't feel I'm that's a good i'm a five nine white irish guy i have not rolled the dice that well so far i'm not i'm not gambling on the big one <laughs> like, yeah i'm not i i don't like to gamble on these things yeah um, so you know it's like that's hence the more humble and sort of just take our time and uh you know not be in a life race where we're sort of keying off of all the narratives and schemas that are already set up for us um but trying to let the real thing find us yeah and every time we do that and then it, it becomes easier to to like uh, and appreciate other people because you can see deeper into them, right? That there's something behind even like that they don't, don't see. Yeah. Tim Dillon said this actually, uh, I always like this. Um, you can see, you can see it in somebody's eyes when like, they don't really know who they are and what have they been doing? They've just been keying off of all these different automatic motivations, these schemas, and just been falling in out in and out of illusions, you know, just going with the flow. Um, but, but 
you know, that's that's rough, right? And if when it doesn't work out or like something serious happens and the real world comes crashing in, uh, that's that's um I don't know that I want to be that person. You don't know how no matter how well things were going before or that things look good, I don't know. I I I, I get paranoid, you know, like I don't want to be that guy. I don't <laughs> and he, he he's talking about Dennis and like life in the big city. And he's like, So let me wrap this all up and he goes you're not going to stop the military industrial complex. You're never going to find true happiness. What you can do is fill up a Burger King cup with ice and red wine and smoke cigarettes inside and walk around the house saying life in the big city and build your own bubble of delusion. And if anyone tries right. to awake you from that slumber, kill them. Right. <laughs> you just kind of like that's, that's... build your own bubble and just go. And that's, and like, that's very funny and everything, but like eventually the bubble does get popped. Well, that's the thing, right? The idea that the Burger King uh, ice and, and cups and stuff like the, the idea that that's going to work in the long run is a pretty tenuous yeah. uh, idea. And so that that's hence, you know, like what hence the importance of, you know, whatever it is we like or whatnot, like the, the real thing versus imitations of the real thing. And this is really, I'd say, the, the legacy of evil is the legacy of imitations of giving people things that feel like the truth that seem like the truth that feel good that seem like they're good uh, or that seem beautiful at least outwardly right but that when you really get into it you you find that there's something very different than the spectacle that has been created the images that have been created and the people who and you see the people who learn that way, that that's really how they were brought up. And so it, they just got good at curating images, images of themselves, of creating a bubble for themselves. Uh, but, you know, if if we know that that's kind of fake and it's, it's, you know, raw, there's all sorts of things that could go wrong. If we look at our society, I mean, what are you saying? There's not if or if we look at our society, that's the brave new world. And so it's not made up of a bunch of bad people, but it's people that have been sold, uh, you know, various forms of magic, been fallen in love with various kinds of imitations and illusions. And so they can't distinguish that from the real thing anymore. And that's what's kind of scary, right? Because it's one thing to like, know, like, yeah, I know cigarettes are bad, whatnot. Uh, but it's another thing to be like, well, no, cigarettes are are good. Yeah. And, you know, to believe that all the shitty things that you believe, that you believe they're good. Like, that's another level of delusion in that, you know, it's one thing to lie to others. I was thinking, uh, I was writing about something and, you know, people will lie to others. But what's worse than lying to others is lying to yourself. You know, that like you believe the bullshit that you, you know, sort of hawk as uh, Tim Dillon would say, yeah. like, that's worse. Don't lie to yourself, because if you're not lying to yourself, at least there's a chance to kind of get in there and and deal with things and, and you know, get in that off-road terrain and see the things that find you, right? The magic that finds you is often, it's not what we think. Like, we don't know what will look like, like what, what will become, what the world will be uh, until we make it on the other side. And this is Dante's comedy. You know, he goes into hell and he he looks at all the ugliness and he meets all the ugly souls, right? 
who uh, in one way or another had given themselves to X, Y, Z, you know, imitation, vice, sin, whatever you want to call it. Uh, And he sees what it it is and the kind of characters that you get uh, because they've gone, you know, these are people that went all the way in a sense. Um, They didn't, they didn't become humble later on or at some point and like put press the brakes and be like well let me think about, about this uh, they just kept going and going um and so then he goes to purgatory right which is an uphill climb uh, that gets easier the higher you climb right so the more you climb the easier it gets uh, and then he finally he has to go through the wall of fire purgation uh to cleanse himself of I believe the sin was lust at that point. Like that was the last one that he had to just totally uproot, right? Because the saints, it's all about, you know, you got to one thing at a time, you know, things are all deeply rooted. And so once he, then he makes it through to the other side, right? The the fire looks like it's going to burn him. Looks like he's going to just, you know, disintegrate if he, but he puts his hand through and it's totally fine. And then we makes it through to the other side. Uh, It's a different world. And I mean, I think that's that's in the kind of world that we're in right now. It's the question is, you know, it's all about making it to the other side. We know how ugly things can get, right? We can see the ugliness outside, and but that can often be a reflection or, or remind us of some of the ugliness inside of ourselves, right? But we can get excited knowing that there's something else. Like what happens when uh, we do sort of just follow that deeper calling those deeper whisperings inside ourselves that are calling our bullshit. And if we're just always there, like we're always present for that and that becomes our, our natural state as opposed to the external voices and things that will come and sort of uh, tell us what to do or, or point us in uh, the, you know, approved direction yeah, it's kind of exciting, right? Compared no, it's to the very more, exciting. Uh, it's very optimistic. Compared it's... to the other stuff, it, it feels more exciting than the magic that you know ain't gonna last. You know, that, that's the other thing. I think that's kind of what's like shifted my viewpoint. Is like in April 2021, I was able to move. <clears throat> just so you know, so I I got into medical school in 2013. Decided not to go. Lost a brother to suicide in 2014. I got really depressed for a couple of years doing a lot of drugs moved home to my parents' house in 2016, was there for like five years. And was just as like, this. it really was like a purgatory. I just kept, it was, no, it was like Sisyphus. I just kept like building things and then I would just fuck up and building things for like five years. And anyway, so I finally moved out in April 2021. Like the podcast made it able to do so. And like, yeah, like my first weekends by myself, it was just like all the pleasure, like ordering pizza, gonna get fucked up. And like, it was fun. But after like, you know, a couple weekends of it or a couple months of it. It's just like, yeah, man, like I'm going to have to deal with the hangover. I'm going to have to go to the gym and like diet off all these like bread, like breadsticks. Like the magic stops being as fun and it's, you go through that. And instead of being like, I have to resist all the pleasures. Instead, you're like, no, I had them. And like, they're all right. But you know, I kind of want to. Yeah. And no one's saying, no one's saying don't have a cookie either, right? Oh, like that's yeah, where sure. people that's... get the other extreme. We're also conscious beings. Like sometimes just eat a Reese's cup. Fuck off. There's nothing deeper yeah, yeah. than it. It's have, just a Reese's cup. Have a burger. As yeah. Tim Dillon yeah, yeah, say. yeah. Have doesn't a mean, yeah, like don't let's not you know, other that's the problem. Then people because they 
they see things that they don't like you know they hate certain they see how bad society has gotten and so they they go completely the other direction of like asceticism like no pleasure no and it's like well no now you're just as ramdas would say now you're just a horny celibate like you're not any more evil now you're just horny and hungry yeah and 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 they just well the way i was thinking about it is there's a part of themselves that they hate yeah and rather than actually making it through the other side and attaining that deeper level of transcendence right where all the things do come together um and we're not pushing shit down it's just another version of pushing shit down right like they'll say well and it's demons and angels battling and you got this whole duality thing that's going you know like it's it's hardcore Uh, but the fact is that there's parts of themselves that they hate and they're they're just kind of they're a divided self which is uh, and, you know, there was a book, R.D. Lang, and I gave a presentation on this uh, for Rising Tide not long ago. And the criticism of like the traditional uh, sort of culture, you know, there's good traditions and bad. Uh, but it was that everybody was kind of there's these divided selves. We have the well-adjusted individual. So you say the right things. You go to church. You you know, you do things a certain way. You have the right beliefs. But then these people are all very ill, like they're they're super sick and the fa- families are super dysfunctional. So there's two different worlds warring, you know, and there's there's a out loud part, but there's a quiet part and people are just sick as hell. So that ain't it either. Right. To just engage into this kind of like, you know, you're just so people just hate certain parts of themselves or certain things, but they don't know how to, how do how did the things in your heart change such that you, you like beauty, truth, and goodness, right. As something that you feel in the same way that people, the, the imitations might make them feel good. The point of the transformation is that, well, people should love beauty, truth, and goodness, right. To be a philosopher is to, to love wisdom. And so that whenever you find something that, corrects your previous assumptions you're happy you're excited because you actually know you're getting closer to the real thing right you're removing an illusion or assumption that you had about yourself or about somebody or about an idea and you're becoming more free right you're less weighed down by things because you don't have to now feel like you need to pay homage to this or that sacred cow and then, Even if that sacred cow is associated with like your tribe, right? Your yeah, family, yeah, this stuff yeah. get drives people, you know, it gets everybody yeah. right? and, and especially in our society, like, no, I doubt anybody's come out of it uh, perfectly fine, but uh, hence the power and the importance of, of going to that deeper self. But even the duality is like part of the path like first you have to like fall for all the trances you have to like eat the food sleep in drink the beer smoke the pot on a tuesday skip class you do all that and then you go into like the ascetic like phase of life which for me was like three or four years of like no drinking no smoking no hookups it was like study meditation cold showers and you do that for a while i love cold showers they are good they are good but you move from that and then you can start to move to this like duality thing where it's like, yeah, like how do you like resist porn? Don't go cold turkey. Enjoy it every once in a while. Catch yourself when you use it too much. And now when you see it, you're not like, 
eh, I don't really care. Like, how do you resist pizza? And eat it every once in a while and go, that was good. But now it doesn't have power over me. When you see it, you're like, I haven't had pizza in 9,402 days. It's like, no, you just go, eh, no, today's not my cheat day. Yeah, and to and into an increasing degree, right? For all these things, like um, there's a more adaptive way to do to to get the to, to, there's a more adaptive way to get the thing that we're really looking for. Yeah, right. Because at the end of the day, the question is, what are we looking for for all these things? I remember once um, I was having a conversation. Uh, I was with friends, and yeah, Matt was saying. Uh, his mother mentioned there was a preacher I had because I had said something similar. Then he mentioned his mom saying how she sent him a sermon by a preacher who made the point that the guy in the in the brothel. He's not looking for sex. He said he's looking for God. Now, what does that mean? But there's all sorts of questions you could, one could ask, like, why is he in a brothel? You know, like, wh what is the whole scheme of his life such that he's ended up at that brothel? And what are the things that he's been really looking for and how has he been trying to get them and such that life is a certain way people are trying to alter their states to regulate their emotions not just alter right we want to we want the right affectation we want to feel good we want to feel happy and fulfilled and there's all sorts of different ways that we can do things that seem to tide us over right so like yeah there's no i, I mean uh, again that's why we don't want to go crazy with the the duality uh hardcore uh shaming stuff because that's just people hating parts of themselves mm -hmm. rather than lovingly uh finding ways to get in there to go deeper and to be like well what am i really looking for and what would be the best way to get this thing that i'm looking for and you know there's there's models there are examples right there there are good uh without needing sacred cows yeah right like there are good practices and things that again our inner voice can tell us like is this is this the best way to do it or is there another way and i think sometimes people we just get tired right we're like well this is gonna have to work for now right yeah um so that's we understand that right but i guess it's always to be present right you know, i'm sure you understand like what you were saying with meditation like to just still come back and uh see where we're at you know what is it that we're really trying to get and um it's very humbling right when we're humble like that it's like things will find us we don't we don't have to have the answers i think that's the beautiful part uh the answers will find us and we screw it up by trying to always have the answer to everything rather than being humble and letting you know the universe some people call it God, right? Like you could put many different names on it, but let that higher power, uh, sh you know, kind of just like the muses, just like poetry, you know, as somebody who writes poetry and likes, you know, publishes, has a, you know, I publish poetry and stuff. Uh, it's about the poetry has to find you. So it's like that with love. Love has to find you, right? I'm going to go fall in love today. Yeah, like, I that's not a thing. I gotta, I gotta run and go find my soulmate. Yeah, I saw there's, it. but there's people who do that, right? Like, oh, that's no. a thing. Yeah, no, I've, I, I've spent many normal. years doing I mean, it, and like, in the you understand final, it, right? yeah. There's a, there's a simplistic quote, and it goes, uh, "Love is a lot like farting. Either let it happen naturally, if you let it happen naturally, because if you force it, it'll be shit. 
And like I know that's kind of like a slapsticky three-year-old joke, but yeah. there's yeah, some truth to it. Point taken. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. The forcing stuff there. That's not, you don't get great art from that. You don't get good people. Right. You, and, uh, you know, a society of anally retentive, you know, ascetics is not really much better than, you know, who probably want to burn anybody who's, you know, they want to burn the sinners who are going to corrupt them. Uh, that's not really much better than, you know, the book burning. Like the, yeah. Or, uh, or like the or decadent, like dopamine seek. That's no different. It's just the other side of the coin. Yeah. It's just a different form of, it's a different imitation. Uh, it's a different, different trance. Form of, yeah. But it's, it's still evil. Yeah. You know, if we let these things take over, like, then you get real evil. I think we want, we got to, we got to wrap this one up. Um, I'll email you after this. I'd love to have you on again sometime, man. That was a fucking brilliant talk. But if I could boil this all down, my advice would be to sit for 20 minutes a day in silence and you will, it'll build up over weeks and months and years and you will find your truth. You will, you the listener you will find your truth it's going to be yours and yours alone and it's just going to be a long process but i love the that imagery of purgatory being the hill where the gradient just gets easier and easier that's exactly what years of meditation is is it gets easier and easier to walk through the pain and to go now when you see some i've been meditating for 15 years now it's like instead of pushing something away i still push things away but now it's i see something and i'm like Nope, I gotta, I gotta approach this. I have to go have a difficult conversation, because if I don't, I'm just gonna have to tomorrow. You just, you get, you're just chipping away more and more of the layers, and it does. It gets easier and easier and easier, which is great. It's, it's, it's like an addiction in reverse. Like it, it it's actually, yeah. it becomes a better and better friend. You just become more obsessed about just being there <laughs> yeah. in the moment and letting things happen and that's yeah. where the magic i yeah. think is. that's that's the liberation and also like you said about just having a cookie it's also okay to just you know the the transes are really every day i turn on my tim dillon tran literally every day i listen to tim dillon he's my trans uh, it's after there's, a long yeah, exactly there's <laughs> yeah like it's about it's about being in uh again it's the it's if we, we, we don't we can't live off-road either right like our brains are learning machines you don't think about every step you take yeah and you know when you drive your systems are there to make sure you know your reflexes kick in if the 18-wheeler comes at you so yeah the trances are a necessary uh, natural part of it it's when the bad guys use them to to pervert things right that's where i think we can appreciate the difference and mm -hmm. so we can know uh you know where things are coming from we become more mindful of like well what's really guiding this trance yeah this thing that we're doing that we're up to uh, or that has been presented to us yeah just go inside find silence and the hill will get breathe in easier. four seconds breathe out six seconds that's yeah. how i start yeah or fill long exhale is nice or fill up a Burger King cup with red wine and just walk around saying life in the big city. Yeah, or just listen Occasionally. to Occasionally. What? Occasionally, yeah. I mean, bird cup with red wine sounds fine. Sometimes you got to smoke an indoor right? ciggy and just say life in the big city. That's fine, too. Exactly. Just not every day for the rest of your life. That's hell. Yeah, we just got to keep our, as long as we keep our eye on the prize, 
Amen. We'll have plenty of fun along the way. Amen. Yeah, that's the other thing. It's like meditation is like a very fun process as well. But yeah, you know, um, I think I have it all. I put it in the description. Your, uh, I put the article. I think I put your website. I think I put your podcast. Um, I put my Substack, uh, Age of Muses. Can you? And uh, yeah, I think that, I put it in there. Let me check. Okay, right good. Now. Let me check right now to make sure. Um, yeah, because I'm coming out with new deep dives. Like that's what I've been working on for a while now. So I had the previous ones from Trans to Transcendence. I put uh, in no. I put in. Magicians. I put in the article that was in question, and I put in your podcast. I didn't put in your Substack. Can you can you email that to me, and I'll just copy yeah, I'll and paste email it. to you right after. All right, perfect. Yeah, if you could just send that to me, and I'll put it right in the description, just so I don't fuck it up. Um, right on. Well, thank you for the invitation. Yeah. Nice chat. Absolutely, dude. Uh, now I got to go shovel some snow and we're both in a snowstorm. So yeah, yeah we're uh, yeah, yeah, no, you're yeah. not alone. We're not yeah. alone. Yeah, I know. And if this fire alarm goes off again, I'll burn this fucking building to the ground. That's if, if it goes off, I'm going to lose. We're having this like nice long talk about like meditation. If that fire alarm went off, I'll, I'll scream and punch this fucking mic. And you'd be like, what was that? I thought we were talking about like mindfulness and I'll be like, fuck this fucking. Yeah. I'll just, I'll lose my, if it goes off again, I will lose my mind. Um, that's the beauty of being human. It's that's, okay. That's the humbling aspect. We'll, we'll make it through the other side. As Ram Dass would say, he's like, whenever if you ever think you've reached a moment of enlightenment, go spend a weekend with your in-laws. Right. <laughs> and you go, you go right. oh, I am not. I am still fucking an angry human. Um, that's not a bad one. Yeah. But yeah, let's uh, email me that link, and then I will use that as a reminder myself, and we'll schedule another one. And uh, yeah, dude. Love to get back. Absolutely. And I, I'm getting a call right now. So All right. Awesome. Well, let's wrap this up. All right. Dude, thank, thank you, you so much. Invitation. Yes, sir. And uh, talk soon. Yes, sir. Everybody go oh. check out his stuff in the description. Stopped. Take care, buddy. Peace.